Travis, is, this is where we're starting with an awkward intro. <clears throat> Let's see. <clears throat> it is the day where we are together and we are talking about films. And that's always a nice day. It is. It is. I agree. Oh, anything going on in anybody's f- film watching life they care to bring up? I think I brought up a couple of things this past week that I feel like is pretty interesting. But the biggest one I'm going to have to say is, again, the Harley Quinn cartoon show needs that exact cast to be the live action DC movies. I 100% agree. That's such a good cast. And they're so much fun. Like, There's nothing I think that is stopping them. I think I'd even like to see Kelly Cuoco as Harley Quinn. She, yeah, she's not one of my favorites, but she's a whole, she's a good time on that show. Yeah, nice. Uh, I don't have any knowledge of it, but I trust your opinion. You should watch it. It's the best show on HBO. Mm. It is a show on HBO. I don't know <laughs> if it's the best show. The Sopranos still is on there. So I mean, I didn't say HBO Max. I said on HBO. The Sopranos exists, and you can watch it on <laughs> HBO Max, but it's not currently running. That's fair. So it is the best currently running HBO show that I've watched. <laughs> yeah there's second place is probably far far in the rear view there you go i'd say really far probably i don't know because i have not seen it me either <clears throat> I'm uh, I'll, I'll catch cold. house of dragons eventually <laughs> <laughs> i'm probably not i just do not like game of thrones yeah that's fine but the the little bit that i've seen is awkward i believe as i said before watching doctor who clap cheeks so <laughs> Fair. I'd rather get him dancing like he does in Morbius. Exactly. I don't know. You dance and then you clap the cheeks. That's right. Now, that would have been a Morbius I would love to see. Blood on the dance floor. God. (laughs) You guys want to talk about some movies? Yeah, let's talk about some. Yeah. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Worth. I'm Jonathan Peer. I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worthy Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine the, where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong normally. But we're not doing that this week. Zach, huh. what are we doing? We're having a little special episode in place of a certain special non-mentionable birthday that doesn't get celebrated we're doing something else we're watching non-marvel films of ryan coogler oh yes and we're going to start with i just I, I just have a question before yeah. we move on why wouldn't we mention johnny cash's birthday oh he was born on february 26th there you go yeah. happy birthday anyway yes i did not mean to interrupt but <laughs> i had i just had to ask that question good to interject when it's an important factoid indeed okay yeah. so you were saying so, ryan coogler his directorial debut ah uh, yes fruitvale station uh, i don't wanna yeah <laughs> well we're gonna we're gonna this is, yeah, here we go. Go. <laughs> this is 
first time watching Rootvale yes. Station. It is. No, for me. It's a really uh, goddamn good film. Well, let's get into an Oscar breakdown before we get any further on those thoughts. All right. 2013 Oscars. Fruitvale Station got no nominations. That is um, not a single fucking one. Mm-mm. What? Because the Academy Awards are a bunch of stupid dum-dums that didn't give this any nominations. I went ahead and looked up the, the Independent Spirit Awards. This is about the year where I started caring more about them specifically. Mm-hmm. How'd that uh, look? Well, so unfortunately, still not amazing. But Michael B. Jordan gets nominated for Best Male Lead, okay. which he loses, unfortunately, to Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, uh, but man, what a what a category! I'm I really like the categories this year. I love 2013 was such a good year in film. Uh, Bruce Dern in Nebraska. Oh yeah, great performance. Chiwetel Ejiofor in Twelve Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac in Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. And Robert Redford for All is Lost. <laughs> have Have you seen All is Lost by J.C. Chador? We still haven't. That's the one, or I mean, I still have, I said we, but I still haven't. It's the one where he's on the boat, right? Yeah, and yes. the whole movie is pretty much just Robert Redford. On yeah. a boat? On a boat. That is sinking. A small yeah. boat. <laughs> Sounds like all is lost. Yes. It's incredible. Okay. So, uh, it, Melanie Diaz, playing oh. Sophia, gets nominated for Best Supporting Female, who she loses to Lapita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave. Oh, understandable. Ooh. Of yeah. course. <laughs> also yeah. wins the Oscar that year. Right. Uh, and, of course, Lapita would go on to uh, be in Black Panther, the Black Panther and its sequel. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the film gets nominated for best first feature because they like okay. to have one of those categories, uh, and it wins. It wins best first feature. So Ryan Coogler, oh. uh, Nina Yang, Bon Jovi, and Forrest Whitaker all get awards for best the best first feature. Excellent because they sh- they share it amongst the director and the producers. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue Caprice. Also in the category. I've heard of that, but I'm not familiar with what that is. It's the film about the DC sniper. Oh, it's excellent. Okay. Uh, and, and before we move on, I just, I really, really want to talk about the best feature category. I know this is kind of a deviation and whatever, but 12 years of slave wins. All is lost. Francis Ha inside Lewin Davis in Nebraska. What, what a fucking category. Wow. The Oscars wish they could. Yeah. I, the Oscars had 12 years Davis in Nebraska in the category of 12 years. One best picture, of course. Yeah. You can listen to that episode here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's that's a real good category. That's our Oscar breakdown. Thank you. Sir. All right. Well, let's talk <laughs> about this movie. Let's talk about this movie. <clears throat> well, I watched yeah. this while I was working. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. Um, yeah. I couldn't <laughs> continue working uh, for a little bit after watching this movie. I'm sure. This is... They killed the fucking dog, too. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, at that moment, I was like, listen, I know what's going to happen in this movie. 
they they really didn't bury the lead much. Like that's kind of how they fucking started the movie. Um, and then they killed the dog. And I was like, and and, and it wasn't just the fact that they killed the dog that I was like upset. Like I'm one of those people. Yeah, that that really gets me in a movie. But it was more. I was like, oh, okay. So this movie's gonna have just zero fucking chill at all. Yeah. Like it's yeah. at that moment when I was like, they are like it, that part had me on edge. Like I don't want to watch what's going to happen in this movie because they they are not shying away from anything already. Oh, and it's going to get worse. And then it got worse. Yeah. Yeah. You've um, before this, you know, you've told me off air, Paul, that like watching this movie, um, uh, I mean, it's a real life thing. So, you know, what's going to happen. Plus the start of the film, plus uh, just the way the movie is like you. I think you said to me, you just want him to make one different decision throughout yeah. the day and it'll change, you know, potentially everything. And that's that's what I not that I love specifically watching a man be murdered, especially yeah. by police. Yeah. The worst thing in the world. Uh, but that's what I love about the decision to show the actual cell phone footage at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Is that it tells you immediately, this is not going to end well. This is exactly how this is going to go. And then it just creates dramatic tension for the rest of the movie. Yeah. That was there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and everything is like, if if he didn't do this one thing, then it wouldn't have led to this thing. And the dominoes just feel like it's the inevitability just never goes away. Yeah. And the gut punch of things like, you know, his girlfriend wanting to go to San Francisco and his mom saying, take the train. Just those things like that. I mean, I... I did some, you know, verification of of real life stuff and I imagine that must have happened because those people are alive and had some feedback for the film so I'm sure they they told and, that that's what was said. And his mother, oh god damn it. His mother's in the movie and oh. she plays she plays the daycare worker that takes his daughter in. Oh. As as if Ryan Coogler is showing you her taking care of the child that she was unable to take care of. And that just hit me and I'm not okay. <laughs> There's, um, it's, it, I've got like even a tight, a tight feeling in my chest right now. This film is, I, I know people who've seen it. They're like, Oh my God, this film is brilliant. It's amazing. And I'm never watching it again. Yeah. I've, you know, we, uh, I have to hearken this back and I know, it's kind of a weird comparison, but it's it's Schindler's List to me, where I can't stop myself from watching it. Yeah, like I chose to do this episode. I'm I'm the one that said, "Hey guys, we should do this," because it had been a while since I had seen it, and I wanted an excuse to watch it again. And I guess I just needed to torture you guys. No, <laughs> well, I mean it's been on Thanks. my list for a while. I mean, you know, I saw the footage when it happened in real time, um, and followed the story and i just i knew this would be hard so i hadn't like jumped on to it and been like hey i'm gonna watch fruitvale station um but no i'm glad you picked it because it's an incredible film and yeah. and despite 
how heartbreaking it is and how terrible it is. There are so many beautiful um, moments, just pure humanity and yeah, goodness of people juxtaposed to the horrendous uh, actions of the police. And yeah, a pause yeah. for a moment. Yeah, no, take your time, man. Uh, and it's and it's gorgeous too. It's so beautifully shot. Oh it's, yeah, they're they're making the most of every frame. He's doing so much visual language to just continuously build tension that you're not even noticing the first time you watch it. Like how often you see the Bart trains before before he they even mention one right mm-hmm. like when he's when he's in the gas station at the gas station pumping and the dog gets hit by the car just callously and carelessly as he's standing there you're watching the train go behind him it's so the parallels are are there how life just gets thrown away so just so flippantly mm-hmm. yep and you know and 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 it's not like they make him the paragon of virtue in this film either. He's he's got a bad temper. He's yeah. he like and that's another thing where he gets into that altercation in the jail and that guy bumping into him on the train in the real world is what eventually leads to this incident happening at the train station. And so, you know, you 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 get to see the whole man. You get to see his joy and you get to see his pain and you get to see his sorrow and his anger. And right. And, and they make such a whole character of him that. Yeah. Um, in looking at uh, reviews and things and anybody, there's very few critical takes on this film. And even the people who say um, there's some emotional manipulation, but there's really not the, it, the there's I'll, I'll say up front i do not like the dog scene i don't like it at all um, i love it i love it so much and i understand it's something that happened to ryan coogler's brother but in telling a story like this it that's the one thing i feel is emotional manipulation because it's like i i get it too with the background of the the train and stuff but it's like mm-hmm. I just, again, I think that, like, and I'm with you. You know how I feel about that when it comes to the emotional manipulation, the, the forcing you to be sad about something. But I don't think that's what this scene was doing. Again, I really think it was to tell you that this movie is going to have no chill. Yeah. It's it's to let you know that it's it's only going to get worse from here. And it... And- and it highlights the character's humanity on top of it that that he picks this dying creature up from the middle of the road and sits with it until it's gone right i, I see that I'll, I'll let you finish your thought i would say i i i don't i don't think there's anything bad or wrong about this scene and i don't feel like it's manipulative but at the same time all art should be manipulative all art is manipulation. So I always find that I'm, I'm not trying to shit on you, Zach. I'm sorry, mm. but I, I right. don't find that a compelling argument whenever I hear it brought up. It's you, what, what I hear when I say I, I hear that is that you're seeing the manipulation instead of letting the movie 
take you where it needs to take you. That plus just the fact that like 95% of the movie is so um, true to personal accounts of the day of the life of Oscar Grant. And this thing did not happen to him. So showing the humanity of the character in a, in a film is fine. But when we're so trying to tell the true story of Oscar Grant and what happened to him, and you include that something that he didn't do, something that didn't happen to him, I find that disingenuous. So that's my, my issue but if with you, it. But if you can't take a little bit of creative liberty, then they should have just made a documentary. Yeah, and then we would just straight up ignore it. <laughs> I, I, I get where you're coming from when it comes to manipulation and you not liking that argument. Mm-hmm. My point comes to the if I can tell. That's what I'm saying. That, yeah. that yeah. You're, you're, You've essentially seen the magician reveal its secrets and yeah. you... It, I feel like there's it, there's way to dodge that though. Like there are ways to be manipulative or to mm-hmm. kind of put 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 the viewer on the track that you want them to be in. I just without. I just feel like if we're gonna take a little bit of artistic license for cinematic parallel, I'm fine with that. Yeah, like, and I'm it, fine with yeah, like yeah. The, the scene of him dumping the weed, which may or may not have happened, and that. That reflects, you know, his real life desire to move beyond that. And, you know, he was wanting to get a legitimate job and not do that kind of thing. So that's representative of something that may or may not have happened, but reflects truth. Um, the, it, it felt disconnected for me, but I also get why Ryan Coogler included it because, like you said, it shows the character's humanity and it, and it kind of... I think there was a quote of him about, you know, the perceived um, characteristics of pit bulls specifically, like how, how they're perceived versus how exactly. the black man is perceived in America. And so I get that. But God damn, how good is Michael P. Jordan in this fucking movie? Yeah, this is my favorite performance I've seen of him now. Yeah, I mean, I was already a fan of his from The Wire and Friday Night Lights. And that's that's why... I went to see this movie like I saw the name and I saw him on the poster and I was like, Oh, let me go see this. I didn't know it was about Oscar Grant when I went to see it. Mm. I just wanted to go see Michael B. Jordan star in a movie. Right. So (laughs) as soon as it started, I was like, Oh, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I'm not going to feel good for a while. Nope. (laughs) Perhaps a whole decade. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely for the rest of a work day. <sighs> yeah. I Yeah, you know, um these days Octavia Spencer's become a little iffy with some of her stuff, but she ripped yeah. my heart out at the end of this too. Yeah, and no, she the way she holds it together so long until she finally sees him. Yeah, and she's like standing in the <laughs> Standing in that waiting room, or sitting in the waiting room, just telling all these people, "We need to be strong for him. We need to, we need to hold him up. We need to hold him up." Right. And you, as a viewer, know it's not going to. Yeah, that's the part. So I think that's the one thing that bugged me. It's just I felt like they was. It may have just been for Octavia Spencer's character there to just go to give us that longer waiting room, with us knowing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's no tension 
there there's we we know how it's going to end so <laughs> yeah and i'll say the the tension drops out in that part but mm. where where the tension ends up oh excuse me where the tension ends up being is just waiting for this mother to have to accept the fact that she's never never going to hold her child again and yeah yeah has so many mothers i just yeah. kind of want to like i think of just like other movies that have done that uh waiting room before the the character dies the main character dies movies and i'm like how else could that i mean you can't go the selena route because that's just playing music while you wait for everyone to know and mm-hmm. it's hard coming up with other movies that do it but it's something that does happen a lot and it's yeah. like i think it's just just a shorter just a shorter scene in silence i think is i feel like the the more dramatic effect i think that would have had but again you don't get the again the the mom being the one who's kind of you know helping yeah. everyone else until she can i think um us nitpicking these little things really uh speaks to the film's strength though i mean yeah there there's so much and, so and honestly, good. that's not even that's that's not even I think a critique for me. It's just more of just something I would have chose differently. The only critique I have that I think points to anything bad in the movie is that TWC at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Which, which this uh, wins the I believe the jury and the audience prize at Sundance and yeah. uh, TWC just swoops in and picks it up immediately yep just because you know that was the kind of pull they had yep yeah yeah unfortunate that name's attached to <laughs> yep a lot of classics mm-hmm yeah but yeah you know kugler's moved on jordan's moved on yep um <laughs> yeah the scenes with his daughter and then you know that's the shit that rips. Oh my god, that <laughs> yeah. fucking ending, dude. Yeah. Like Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that that scene when he picks her up from daycare and he races her and they slow it down. So uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Watch the two of them in slow motion just enjoying each other as human beings. Yeah. Like I found myself smiling for a second. And I was like, oh wait, wait. <laughs> and and that's see, and that's exactly it. That's that's the emotional manipulation. Mm-hmm. That's, well, yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. where it is. Mm-hmm. Is this film is like, hey, you're going to be happy for fleeting moments. Yeah, right. But the thing is, but that that also brings you back to that 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 weird tension because every scene that I watch with him and her is going, is this the last scene with those two characters together? And when they mm-hmm. yeah, and when they say goodbye to her at her aunt's house. You you know you know in that moment, God the ant the ant the ant who had no lines in the scene when the mom goes and picks her up afterwards and she is just broken in that bathroom sitting down, head and crushed hands me, just yeah. crushed me. What a shot! Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and like the scene where they do the flashback where his mom's visiting him in prison and. All he wants is a hug from her because he just wants to feel comforted by her and she won't right. turn, turn around and hug your fucking son, please. Right. Yep. 
Hey guys, any other notes on this movie? I just had a thought, but then it was, <laughs> I just got caught up in the moment. <laughs> um, what was yeah. I going to say? Uh, oh, the Chuck E. Cheese promise, which was real, a real thing. Yeah. <sighs> it's all terrible. Yep. Paul, I could see your eyes like welling from here. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this movie is um <sighs> great movie. Just... Fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah. No, this is... Fuck uh... it for having to exist, obviously. Yeah, yeah, fuck it for having to exist. Fuck, fuck that it still is entirely too relevant 10 years later. Yeah. With uh, just another fucking murder caught on camera this year that set seven fucking cops. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, the only thing I'll say is I think Trav, who's not here, his letterbox review was just like, what, 11 fucking months. 11 fucking months. That's all this. Yeah. This, this man, this poor excuse for a clash trader human being mm-hmm. shoots another man in the back while he's handcuffed with a knee on his neck. He gets sentenced for two years and only serves 11 months of it. Yeah. Piece of shit. Class yep. traitor piece so, of shit. Uh, oh, yeah. His argument was that he thought he'd grabbed his taser. That, that, Which is no. always the no. dumbest argument because, as it's been pointed out time and time again, they feel different. They weigh completely different. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the woman cop that was there, oh, if only they hadn't... Fuck don't don't give us the if only they no nope, there's if no only excuses. you'd done your job right if there's only no you'd excuses. been a good human yep no excuses for this no it anyway yeah this yeah go watch uh, this movie yeah watch it you're gonna have a great like, time it's on it's... like every fucking streaming service <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently apparently Coogler was just like everybody needs to watch this no matter what streaming service you pay for or don't pay for you can have it. Just have it. Watch yep. it because it's apparently just going to stay relevant for the rest of time because of this terrible, terrible country we live in. Mm. Yep. Yep. So let's move on. We're going to do some worsty judgments. Let's do some worsty judgments. movie deserve best picture um honestly i think it should have been nominated maybe the academy was too afraid of having 12 years of slave and fruitville station too much sadness but probably they're just more afraid because they're chicken shit um fucking liberals yeah it, it absolutely deserved a best picture nomination and michael b jordan and ryan coogler should have been nominated as actor and director um, you know, probably even a screenplay nom. I mean, I'm not, I don't have the other nominees in front of me right now. But, you, I do. Uh, which I was gonna say, I do too. <laughs> which category do you want? Um, director or screenplay? Uh, director Caron for Gravity, who wins. Oh, Russell for American Hustle. Payne okay, right there. For... Kick him out and put Ryan Coogler in. <laughs> American Hustle was not that great. Yeah, because I'm not kicking out Payne McQueen or Scorsese. So right. Yep. There you go. Yeah. There's the spot. You said screenplay. Yeah. Uh, I believe this would be original. So Spike Jones wins for her American Hustle. 
Let's kick it out. Yep, there you go. Uh, Alvy Singer for Blue Jasmine. Kick it out. <laughs> uh, Dallas Buyers Club. That film's just okay. Kick it out. Uh, and Nebraska can stay because that's a great yeah. film. Yep. There you go. So there's a spot for all those categories. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Um, okay. I don't have a spot on what it would have been if it won, but it, it deserved a nomination. I agree. I actually think over 12 years a slave. Hmm. Um, 100%. Okay. Uh, I, a lot of that year, I, when it comes to best picture, I haven't seen. I liked her. I don't know if her was best picture worthy, but I really liked her. <laughs> uh, but everything else I can absolutely agree with you on. Uh, this definitely should have at the very least been nominated. I don't understand why the Academy fucking ignored it. Uh, there is zero fucking reason at all. In fact, I want to go back and listen to that episode and hear what Paul had to say. But have to I'm that hoping too. that he will uh, remind us. So, Paul, does this movie deserve Best Picture? Yes. Yeah. It was my favorite film of 2013. I think it's one of my top 20 films of all time. Yeah. I, I think it's as important a statement as Do the Right Thing. I think it's... Mm. Uh, uh, again, f- fuck the need for this movie, but this movie exists and exists for a reason and I think it's important as well as beautifully made. I I think it's perfect. No notes. There you go. Yep. I think even if this specific scenario was fictional, this the specific one, if this was just something if, that never happened, it would it still was, be just as important. If it was Radio Rahim and yeah. do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like it Yep. All right, Zach. Yeah. It's just the worst best picture. No, absolutely not. Um, I was trying to pull up Letterbox. Maybe it's down right now. Or maybe it's just my... Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, that's what I don't um, want. I, um, you know, I love 12 Years a Slave. I think it's, a, what, it's a weird to say I love it. It's a great film. And uh, I had it in my number 32. This would probably... This would be in my top 25, for sure, of the best picture. So it's definitely not the worst. Um, You know, I'm such a predictable person that I'm going to go with a four and a half star rating because there are a couple things about the film that I don't (laughs) love. So I couldn't give it that five. But it's amazing. You could. You chose not to. I chose not to. (laughs) I agree with you. If this would have won, this probably would have been my number seven. Ooh. Uh, just above, or just, just above The Godfather and just below Schindler's List. So basically, wow. if I was to watch these movies from one to whatever the fuck, uh, for the first, for, for quite a few hours, I'm going to be the most depressed motherfucker known to man. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, it is, and 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 it's 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 not just like if if we put aside the subject matter, it is a beautifully shot film. Mm-hmm. It's a beautifully acted film. the The script is just phenomenal. There is just 
like Paul said, no notes. It is a perfect film. So, yeah. Paul. Uh, yeah, if this would have won, it would have been my number six. Oh, nice. I'm putting nice. it. I'm putting it right under Casablanca because I'm. I am also a coward and uh, <laughs> won't put it above Casablanca, uh, but I am putting it above No Country for Old Men. There you go. And um, if Inside Lewin Davis would have won, I would also have had it pretty high up here too. So just mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. want to put that out there. Inside Lewin Davis also makes me cry a lot, like a lot. I love that movie so much. To be fair, you cry a lot to movies anyway. I'm such a fucking child. I cry so much. <laughs> You're engaging the ASMR community here. <laughs> I love I, a movie that makes you cry, though. I mean, that's like my that's one of my benchmarks for I great film. I, I said it to David Ray and Joseph Tapia tonight. I go to movies to feel things because I am a broken person. And if a movie makes me feel things, it's immediately a five star film. Hey, Paul bought a box. Paul bought a box. I bought a whole fucking box of movies. All right. <laughs> Uh, I gotta, I gotta get on that. I just haven't had time this week. That's fair. All right. But, yeah. So yes, this movie rules, and it no, it is not the worst, and um, it, it makes me sad. It makes me very sad. So, so we watched a second movie. We did watch a second movie. Ah, uh, yes, a second movie. Zach, what movie did we watch? Next up, it's another Coogler. Brian. 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 <clears throat> Ryan. <laughs> I, in my mind, the Ryan and the B, and Michael B. Jordan combined to make Brian. Michael Uh, B. Ryan Jordan. There we go. Coogler and Michael B. Jordan get together again for Creed. Creed. The son of Apollo Creed seeks out to make a name of his own with one Rocky Balboa. Excellent. This is everybody's first time watching Creed. Yes. Yes, actually. No, for me, I also saw this one in a theater because after Fruitvale Station, I wasn't not going to watch this in a theater <laughs> because holy fucking shit. And I haven't missed a Kugler film in the theater. Nice. Because uh, he's one of my favorite directors and he should be nominated every time he makes a movie. I will say the last two movies of his I watched in theaters. Hey. Nice. Yeah. I will continue to go see his movies in theaters because I love him. Uh, also, I just love the Rocky franchise. I am a sucker for it. And uh, I saw Rocky Balboa in the theaters. I've seen both Creed movies in the theaters. And I will be seeing Creed 3 in the theaters. <laughs> I feel a little badly because I didn't get to see Rocky Balboa before I watched this. I, I'll go back and watch it. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to say that... I think Rocky Balboa is a very good film, but the only thing that you will glean from Rocky Balboa going into this movie is that Adrian was already dead in that film. So she's dead between Rocky five and Rocky Balboa. Gotcha. But eh, well, before we get too far into this, do we want to do an Oscar breakdown? Let's do an Oscar breakdown. Because I will geek out about the Rocky franchise mm-hmm. for no. the rest of time because <laughs> I love this fucking franchise. <laughs> okay, Oscar breakdown. Creed was nominated for one Academy Award. That Academy Award was Best Supporting Actor for Sylvester Stallone. 
uh, I, uh, yeah, go on. I, I was going to say, I think he's amazing in this movie, but it's a shame that's the only nomination. It is a shame that's the only nomination. It also feels kind of racist. A little bit. Um, oh, I, speaking of severely racist, I forgot to bring up a note in the last movie that I will share with you guys later. Um, okay. So, Creed. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, nominated for Best Supporting Actor, loses to Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies, the Spielberg Cohen's team up. Yeah. Uh, thus launching Mark Rylance into the stratosphere. <laughs> uh, Strawberry Mansion. Wasn't that he? Was he in that? No. He was in the, not Strawberry Mansion, the Ghost of the Open. Phantom of the Open. Oh, oh, Phantom of the Open. Oh, what a cute film. <laughs> I like that film. Uh, it is. Adorable, because I like movies that are kind and nice. Nice. Um. So I guess there we go. That's our Oscar breakdown for Creed. All right. I'm not a huge Rocky fan. Never have been. I yeah. I appreciate the um the franchise, the mythos, honestly, if you will. Yeah. Uh, just never was a fan. I'm a fucking Creed fan, though. Holy fuck. <laughs> Holy Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, Dude. that shit's good. And and on top of that, it made me go, man, Sylvester Stallone's kind of awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> that guy's got chops in the way that you just, I, I don't think I've really ever seen. I've always appreciated Sylvester Stallone as an action guy, but never past that. I know he's done more. I know he can do more. But for me... I've only ever appreciated him in an action kind of way. Um, fuck, he was good. <laughs> he is good. He's good in this film. You, you know you know what film I wish people watched more to appreciate how good Sylvester Stallone is outside of action? What's that? Spy Kids 3D Game Over. <laughs> He's so good at it. Well, he... Um, Rocky Balboa is, you know, the the role he was meant to play in his career and it, it shines through for obvious reasons and seeing him as the old broken down, um, ill and just like re- reserve resigned, ready to die. <laughs> Rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah. he played it perfect. And, yeah. um, I think going from fruit, Fruitvale station to this, I, I'm not saying Michael B. Jordan was a step down, but I just, I wasn't as emotionally impacted by him. Uh, but you, you listen, I, it, if anything, it was the palate cleanser that is needed because I could not do another fruit fail station. If that's what we were going to do right. this week, if we were going to do two of those, see, and it's one of those things where I saw these films in the theaters two years apart. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like a step down in any sort of way, but also this week I decided to watch Creed first because I knew that, uh, Fruitvale Station was going to make me think things about yeah Creed like that, where it's like, no, he's incredible in this film, and he's, I mean, he's, if we kind of look at it, he's kind of playing the the like alternate universe Oscar Grant. What had happened if he had gotten the chances that Oscar Grant didn't? I mean, mm. Mm we see him in a lot of the same situations and yeah. 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 The same anger issues. You know, I think, um, 
you know, any criti- uh, criticism I had of the performance, probably the way the character's written, but in a good way. He's so, like, chill and kind of even keel for most of it, but he is, all his outbursts are triggered by, you know, the principle of his parentage or his identity. Like, you know, when you see as a kid, he gets in a fight because somebody said something about his mom. Mm-hmm. And when people make um, the baby creed comment or whatever, and it's... He goes from that kind of even chill guy he's been most of the movie, like he's so understanding and about so many situations and patient. But when it when you bring up his parentage mm-hmm. and his identity, he flips that switch, and I think that's really well done. Yeah. Oh, and just what a good what a good uh, legacy sequel this is. Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 it also kind of does something that. I think is hard to pull off where it kind of mirrors the original content, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but correctly. Yeah. yeah like, like, like a good, a good one to kind of bring up is like star Wars versus force awakens, where it's basically the same fucking movie, but it felt more for fan service. This one felt more like an, a, a mirror like just watching history repeat itself, not just, Hey, look, I know that guy from that thing. Yeah. All the, uh, there's a lot of nostalgia, but it's all done. Um, let's see what I've got a note here. What did I write? It's, uh, mm-hmm, nostalgic without being cheap, referential in a sincere way. There's, uh, like they make a lot of jokes and it's kind of self depreciating, you know, Rocky talking about the gym or, you know, mm. going up the steps and things. It's like, it's familiar territory, but they like acknowledge it in, in yeah. a good way. Right. And I, yeah, that's it, awesome. It has, it has the reference for the Rocky franchise, but it has it in a way of, Hey, this franchise existed and we can't ignore that. We're not just bringing you something like brand new, but mm-hmm. it's not the same story. Like, He's he, he's not Rocky, right? He, while he struggled in his early life, he still comes. He still is privileged. He grows up in Apollo Creed's house, yeah, with Apollo Creed's wife, who is not his mother, of course. Yeah, um, I don't know why I said of course like that. That was weird. Uh, yeah. and I like what they did with that though. Like it just the the just the. The way she did take him in, I was just like, mm-hmm. that's that just makes you the better person in every fucking possible way. And I hope nothing ever bad. Don't don't give that woman cancer. Don't do it. Don't do she, it. No, <laughs> no, she, no good. Very bad. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you leave her alone. Uh, it worries me about Creed three. <laughs> like, just because someone's getting old doesn't mean they have to die. Yeah. I mean, if anything's going to kill Felicia Rashad's character, it's going to be Felicia Rashad constantly sticking up for Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah. <Whew>. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> made that awkward. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, again, not being a major Rocky fan, I, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed this. And, again, I think this is something that me and Paul brought up before we started recording, but 
I am beginning to kind of hate Michael B. Jordan because I am not Michael B. Jordan because you do <laughs> not get to be that talented and that fucking attractive at God the same damn, time. He's so fine. God. <laughs> that that dude is not a snack. He is not a meal. He is a goddamn buffet. Yeah. yeah. He is a smorgasbord <laughs> of sexy. Yeah. You know, I um I make the comment that I'm not romantically interested in men, but I can very much appreciate aesthetically a man. But when he smiles, it does something that I'm not really used to. It's like that's that's a new feeling. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing down there, buddy? <laughs> I, I feel like I, I'm disarmed. I want I want to be uh, sitting in front of him, but I have no hair for him to be taken care of. Yeah. And so now I'm just extra jealous. And I love that scene, the, the intimate moments in this. I mean, that's what makes the Rocky franchise so different from a lot of action fighting films mm-hmm. are those sincere hum, human moments. Yeah. yeah. And, and that you get these protagonists who are in an inherently violent sport, mm-hmm. but are such gentle and loving human beings. Yep. Yeah. Like they have their issues and, you know, Rocky's a mob enforcer when we meet him. Right. Like, because what else is he going to do? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and Adonis has his issues as well, but he cares about the people around him. Right. He loves them deeply and passionately yeah and um just watching him and tessa thompson be absolutely gorgeous together uh-huh. those are two beautiful people jesus yeah. fucking christ oh man <laughs> I, I i heard a funny thing i told a friend that i was uh, watching creed for the first time and she mentioned she's like my bum ass ex-husband used to dress like michael b jordan after this movie but he couldn't pull it off because he sucks. And I was like, <laughs> well, that, uh, there you go. Yeah. I I could never like. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I do really like about this movie is I, I'm, I'm not a. I appreciate the sport of boxing. I'm not a person that hates on it. I, I do like um, violent sports for some strange reason. Mm. Um, I just don't like boxing because it's kind of boring. Nine times out of ten, when I'm watching boxing, it's they're hugging. And That's, it's not what I want to see. Yeah. This movie shows the punches and it's punchy. And I enjoyed the shit out of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I don't like boxing, but it is so cinematic and it, I love boxing. Movies. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if that was boxing, like act the actual sport, I'd watch the shit out of that. Right. They, they got to do something about camera angles. I haven't watched it recently, but if they could have some real cinematographers down there around the ring. <laughs> so, but, and that's another thing that I loved about this movie, because when the actual boxing scenes were going on, they were using the camera work that would be used in like an HBO match. Like they, they would actually like the way that you see, like the camera zoom in on the ring from like the sky camera like that. It was just the way that they did that. I mean, it's a small thing. It was like, I, I appreciate that. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And and that's and like you guys said, that's something about the Rocky movies. It's they're not boxing movies. It's it's a it's a vehicle for the film, but really it's about the characters very specifically. And and I do appreciate that about the the Creed because they do the exact same thing. It's the the character Adonis and you know the, his surroundings. Uh, one corny scene, really for me, just the whole uh, 
when the dirt bike started doing wheelies in front of them, I felt that was a bit much. <laughs> God, I love that so much. <laughs> like, I, like, again, it's a mirror to Rocky, you know, running the steps and everything. I understand that. It's a sweet moment for Rocky. But, but it's the fucking wheelies, though. <laughs> but it's it's also it's also a love letter to the black identity of Philadelphia yeah, and sure. the fact that it's becoming part of him. And now he is part of this city. And like, you know, Rocky tells him that, you know, the, the best fighters all come from Philadelphia and they're just tougher there. And so as he's like becoming one with the city, he's becoming one of the tough fighters that Rocky's talking about. Fuck. It's so good. <laughs> they had to get on them. Johns as they say, Oh God, I still don't get the Johns thing. I don't I don't get it either, but you know what? I don't care because I also watch uh Abbott Elementary. You're saying it all over the place there, and I love it. It pool, pool, another amazing piece of uh Philadelphia AV. Yep. Uh, <laughs> God damn. Also, the woman who shot this, uh Maurice Alberti, also shot the wrestler. What a fucking oh, good movie. That that's is. a great fucking movie. God, I want to go back and watch mm. that. That's another tough right, one. It so makes sense. Good. Like that makes sense now. I didn't know that beforehand, but like the scenes where it kind of goes dark when they're fighting, mm-hmm. that reminds me a lot of the wrestler. And Adam, Zach will be talking about a movies of a movie of hers on the other show next week. Oh, so okay. just a, a little bit of a tease there. Oh, yay! <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's get into some worsty judgments on this one. Mm-hmm. So, what year was this one? Twenty fifteen. The so that would have been the 2016 Academy Awards? Uh, the 88th Academy Awards. The 88th, thank you. I have it wasn't there. a right spot. Which, uh, which would have been February 28th, 2016, so within the week that this episode will be coming out. Okay. All right, well, Zach, does this movie deserve Best Picture? Hmm. Uh, you know, I really like this film. Um, again, I'm sorry, I don't have a nominee. the nominees in front of me. Um, I do. Can you read the best pictures, please? I can. Uh, so The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Room, and the winner that year was Spotlight. Okay. Spotlight, um, amazing. And, you know, this is a really good movie, but I don't think it's necessarily a best picture. Um, I gave it uh, four stars. I like it a lot, but I... I no, Spotlight deserved it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say that. Uh, it's a tough year for me to say should it have been nominated because most of that year I had not seen. And the ones that I had seen, I really liked. I can predict that Paul will say, kick out the big short. But I like the big short. Sure. Uh, so should it have won? Probably not. Um, but who got... Best actor, Leo, that's right. Brian Cranston, Matt Damon, Michael Fassbender, and Eddie Redmayne. I would have put Michael B. Jordan over those two, probably. Maybe specifically for those roles, but yeah. Yeah. Paul, does this movie deserve best picture? Um, my short answer is yes. My long answer is Spotlight. It's my favorite film of the year. So that one. And I'm okay with that. Uh, kick out the big short because it's the only good film that Adam McKay ever did. And he's done nothing but trash since. So he doesn't deserve to be here, Uh, which is why we should always do films 10 years after. (laughs) Um, yeah. Richard Spies is good. I don't know. I keep it in the best picture category. Brooklyn, kick it out. Uh, 
keep in Mad Max, keep in the Martian, kick out the Revenant, keep in room. So even on my, even if we were to go to five, I I think it stays in there for me. Spotlight, Mad Max, Martian, room, this. Um, uh, even even if it's even if it's just making up for disrespecting the ever loving shit out of Fruitvale Station. Yeah, keep it in there. Yeah, uh, that is just straight up disrespect. Uh, kick Adam McKay out of director, kicking Yar two out of director, who of course wins. Um, and uh, put Krugler in there. Uh, kick out Leo Cranston and Redmayne from the best actor category. Put Michael B. Jordan in there. Uh, I could I could shake Alicia Vikander and Jennifer Jason Lee, even though I don't need to kick out Jennifer Jason Lee. She could stay there. I love her. Um, <laughs> and put Tessa Thompson in supporting actors. Like I, I could do this all day. Best. Yeah. Best supporting or best adapted screenplay. I'll put it in there. I'll put. I'll 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 find movies to kick out every category to put this in. Uh, I think this is a really good movie. I gave it I gave it four and a half stars, so I gave it the Zach. Um, I just think it's a really fucking good movie. And uh, if we're if we're gonna nominate populist films, let's nominate the best of the populist films. And I think this is one of those. Nicely said, indeed. Well, Zach, is this the worst best picture? No. Uh, if it had won best picture, it would probably been somewhere in the middle of the pack for me. Probably around the wherever I have Rocky, because I gave that four stars as well. All right. Um, hmm. This, I think, makes it to my oof, 24. Yeah, I think that's a perfect spot for it. Nice. Uh, just in between Argo and No Country for Old Men. Wow. Nice. Paul? Uh, No, it's not the worst. I think if I had to fit it in here, it's going up my number 34, uh, just under My Fair Lady, which is a film I love so much. Mm -hmm. 34 for me would put it right next to my Rocky. Where's Rocky? Rocky's at 52 on mine. I I gave that to Zach as well. (laughs) I got Rocky at 58, it looks like, which is still four stars. Um, Actually, this would probably go to my... 51, right behind Wings, and right above the artist. Good company. 51? Hooray Bubbles. Hooray. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Zach, Zach, don't tell him that my that Wings is at 54 on my list. Don't tell him that. <gasps> Fuck. Still, that, that must still be. Hooray Bubbles. Hooray Bubbles. Ro- Rocky is actually the end of my four and a half. Nice. All right. Well, this has been a fun episode. Oh, I'm going to tell you that note now. So that, the note. Go, yeah, that note. we can go out on a very, very sad note. Uh, so Fruitvale Station was shot at Fruitvale Station. Oh. And the bullet hole is still in the concrete there. And they put Oscar, they put Michael B. Jordan right where Oscar Grant died. Oh, my God. Or was shot, not died. He died in the hospital. Yeah. Jesus fucking okay. Christ. I knew it was shot there, but I, I didn't realize they used the same location. I meant to bring that up in the. So that's Yeah. Now we're all sad again. Well, well, that's where we're going to call it, folks. My name is Jonathan. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you can find me. <laughs> this world is shit. None of it matters. <laughs> oh, it sure is. <laughs> If you want to try, you can find me on TikTok, Twitter, and the Twitch at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? I'm going to find some light and film 
because it can highlight the shit and it can highlight the beauty. So you can find me on Critiker, Zackmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc or Letterbox, by searching my name where you can find my full list of best picture rankings. And I'm doing a, another list, films that should have won the best picture. <laughs> and Mr. Workman. Well, if you're looking for me, you better check under the sea because then is where you'll find me. That was in my head a minute ago. Sometimes underneath the water. Uh, no, but uh, you can find me at Shark Dressman on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark related content. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter and Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a runny tally of all the films I watched. And tonight, before we started recording, I went to the movie theater to see 80 for Brady. Did you finally get to see it? I finally got to see 80 for Brady. Happy for you. Did you have a good time? I Yeah, uh, I loved it, and Joe loved it, and David Ray loved it, and I gave it five stars on Letterboxd because, fuck everyone, this movie rules. (laughs) Is it not doing well? I... Probably box office wise because our theater was full. <laughs> I just know it's getting a lot of like real middling to bad reviews, and all those people can go suck a dick because this movie is <laughs> about four hot old women doing four hot old women shit, and that's my jam. <laughs> nice. There you go. Journalists doing journalist shit, hot old women doing hot old women shit. That's all I want in my life. Nice. A man of simple pleasures. Also, there's a lot of weird cameos in it that uh, that even the trailer, which showed pretty much the whole movie, didn't even cover. Hmm. Nice. That's me. Nice. Good. All right. Zach, what are we watching next week? <laughs> We're taking an abrupt reverse back to the best animated feature. And we're watching Frozen, which you can find on Amazon, Hulu. Google, Redbox, you can rent them there, or you can stream it on Disney+. Plus. All right. Well, with that, we'd like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Living with Benjamin Banks, for producing our podcast. You're right there, Jonathan? You sounded far away there because you weren't in front of your mic there. Oh. He leans away from the mic to breathe. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Chocolate rain. Trav. Producing. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and J Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscars Pod and on Facebook, the Oscars Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps to make us more visible in the almighty algorithm. The almighty algorithm. Algorithm. Shout out to the roots. That's the song that was in Creed. Ah, the fire. So, for Jonathan, Zach, and the Ludwig Gornson, who we did not mention all oh. this episode, but he scored both of these movies and <laughs> both of the Black Panther films, we'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>